Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. So what do we do when all we have is a language of praise? We have to learn how to also develop a language of mourning or lament. And so the big question becomes before us today, how do we do this? And we do this, number one, by understanding who are those that mourn. I said to you before that those that mourn, listen to me, those that mourn are those that grieve in their experiences of tragedy, injustice, and in death. And they reach out to others in grief and compassion when they experience injustice, sin, evil, tragedy, and death as well. So those who mourn are grieving. And there is such a thing psychologically called the grieving process whereby people who go through suffering and tragedies in life that experience injustices and death they go through this process which is sometimes confusing and it is not set within the boundaries of time because this process for some of grieving the death of a loved one or the loss of something or the tragedy experience can last for some a year, for others a lifetime. Grieving over hardships and tragedy and injustice and death in life is something that is different for everybody. But psychologists will say that this is a process. That takes time. In our culture, the problem is that we don't give people the time and the place to be able to grieve. Because we come up with language that says, listen, no, everything's going to be okay. When we see people suffering, and it's not in a bad way, a lot of us in good ways want to help out. Those that are going through tragedies, we want to bring them out of their suffering and of their pain. And so we try to comfort them with words that will bring joy or help change their perspective. And so we tell them, listen, this too shall pass. And we try to do things and say things that will get people to come out of their situation. But the problem with that is that we don't give people the time the process and the space that they need to be able to grieve properly those losses that they've had so that they can heal properly. When we push people and we move people or we move ourselves also out of these processes of mourning, we run the risk of not healing correctly. 
of not properly finding closure in those situations. And so this is what I believe happens in a culture where there's no room for that and in a church where there's no room for lament. It's that we have a lot of people smiling and acting like everything is okay when in reality they're still broken and not right inside. Can I get an amen this morning? Speak to me. And so... We have psalms and we have worship and we have a language that expresses gratitude for the good things that God has done. And we call them praise and we praise God in the good times, but we also praise them in the bad times. That's what we do because we don't know how to lament. We come broken to we praise. Say, thank you, Jesus. Even if I'm going through hardship, I praise you, Lord. Because we don't know how to lament. We don't know how to praise. We think that to mourn, to lament, to complain, to suffer, and to cry would be a sign of unfaithfulness or even weak faith. We feel like if we do that, we would be showing that we really don't trust God. And that's the mindset within our churches. That's why we don't give space and time and give people room to be able to cry and lament. And we don't give them room to, to suffer and go through their pain because it would be unfaithful to do so. But laments are part of the Bible. The Psalms consist of, 40% of the Psalms consist of laments which are prayers of petition that arise out of need. They are complaints, expressions of sadness over difficult circumstances. My question to you is, when was the last time that you prayed to God and you brought these kinds of petitions to God? When was the last time that you were going through a hardship and you came to God feeling like you had the opportunity to go ahead and express yourself? We don't do it because to us that would be disrespectful. To bring to God, to complain unto God would be disrespectful. But can I tell you this morning that that is a lie of the devil. That is one of the reasons why the church is still not completely healed. That is one of the reasons why we have probably a fake church. And I'm not talking about this church in particular. I'm talking about the church in general. That is one of the reasons why we have Christians going around only using a language of celebration and triumph. And joy and singing happy songs, but we don't sing sad songs because to do that we feel would be unfaithful. And so we have, listen to me, we have praise and we have songs of joy and we have songs of happiness and we have language of triumph and celebration. But that celebration and all that triumph is not authentic because we haven't really gone through the process of prayer. Can I get an amen? And so, what do we do? What do we do? Can I suggest to you this morning that what we need to do is learn to lament? Psalm 30. Psalm chapter 30. In fact, I'm going to move on from that. 
I said that I used that psalm last week. Psalm 13. I'm going to show you what we do. Psalm 13. It says like this. It's a lament psalm. It says, How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. That is not a happening. That is not a language of praise. It's not thanking God for anything. It's lamenting. It's in mourning for the tragedy that the person is experiencing. This person, listen to me, language of, this is language of lament, of mourning. This is what we need to learn to do. This person begins with questioning God's time in his answer. To prayer. God, how long do I have to keep on living in this circumstance? When was the last time that you called God out on his lack of action on your behalf? How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? Is the question here the psalmist is asking. As he offers up a petition and a prayer of lament or mourning. God, have you forgotten me? I thought we had a relationship. God, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long? Listen, this psalm is six verses. Four verses are of lament. Four verses bring to God this language, this expression of going through tragedy, of experiencing life in some way, in some form that is unjust, of facing things in life that are not right. And this person is going to God with their grief. They're going to God with their doubts. They're going to God with their complaint. They're going to God, listen, with their protest. This is a protest. And they're saying, God, if you don't move, if you don't do something on my behalf, I'm going to die. Four verses out of the six are lament. But then all of a sudden, verse 5, something changes. And in verse 5, it says, but, say with me, but. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. All of a sudden, the psalmist goes from lament to praise. He goes from mourning to thanksgiving. And the question that we must ask ourselves is, what happens between verse 4 and 5? Something must have changed. 
We read that and we think that the psalmist just simply had great faith as he was writing and as he wrote verse 4 and finished his complaint and his lament and his mourning. All of a sudden he said, no, but you know what? I God, I trust you no matter what. And that's the end of that because I just have great faith. But the truth is, as scholars say, that something when you hear this language and a change in this language from mourning to praise, from lament to praise, they say something in reality changed for the one writing it. It's not that they simply just decided that I'm going to turn up my faith a notch. It's that something was done on their behalf. Their circumstance actually changed. Their petition was probably answered. And so because they have found closure, they have received an answer for their complaint, for their lament. Now they can authentically and in reality praise God. Because after they have complained and gone through the process of mourning, they have received healing and they have received an answer for what they were seeking. You see, what I want to tell you this morning is that it's not wrong to praise God, but praise must be authentic and it must come out of a resolution that we receive from lament and mourning and going to God with our suffering and our tragedy. Because then when we do praise God and we thank him and we lift our hands to him for the good things that we have, we can do it in reality authentically because God, your God, has answered you and worked on your behalf. That's what we need today. Authentic praise. And so... When we look at Job, Job is a perfect example of someone who goes through the process of tragedy. He experiences loss. He suffers in his life. But you don't get praise from, from Job until God finally answers Job. I'm going to say it over here just in case you're not getting this. We get Job going to God, confused about his situation, mourning and in grief over his loss. Chapter after chapter after chapter. And it's not until the end that God shows up and answers him. And it's God's answer to Job. That makes them realize and have a perspective that, listen, it's not me that is in control. It's God who is in control. And even though Job couldn't get his children back and probably could not get the things he lost back, he did get other things back and he got double for his trouble. But it wasn't until after God answered him that Job was able to develop now a language of praise unto God, of thanksgiving unto God, because he found resolution after having gone through the process of grieving and complaining and lamenting before God. The problem is that many of us, we want to praise without going through the process of lament. 
you might be here today and you might say, Pastor, but why, why should I lament if I'm not going through anything in my life? That's the truth. Can I tell you this morning that you might not be going through anything right now? But maybe you have gone through something in the past. And maybe you will go through something soon in your life that will require for you to learn how to develop a language of lament. But even if right now in this moment you are not in a place where you're suffering or experiencing tragedy or pain in your life, how do we lament? And can I finish by saying this? That we do it by understanding that we don't only in lament and in mourning cry over the tragedies that we experience as churches. As a church, we should also come together to cry with those who are tragic. The church, instead of looking at people and seeing people in their pain and in their suffering and just saying, you know, everything's going to be okay. Just wipe the tears off your eyes. Let's move on. Let's go. Forget about that. Let's go move forward. Just praise the Lord. Don't worry. Instead of saying that, we should come to people who are suffering and are experiencing pain and say, brother or sister, I'm here. Here's my shoulder. Come on. Cry on my shoulder. I don't have great words of wisdom to bring joy to you in the midst of your experience. And I can't act like I know what you're going through. Because I probably have never gone through it or will never understand what it means to go through what you're going through. But what I can do is simply just be there for you and cry with you in the midst of your situation. What the church needs today is that we need to develop a language of lament. Not only for ourselves when we go through our sufferings and our pain. But also to be able to help others go through their grief and their tragedy and their pain. And the only way that we can do this is by finding a connection with others that are experiencing this and coming with them and saying, I'm going to cry with you and I'm just going to be there for you. It's okay. Come on. You see, but this process from lament to praise is a process that for some will take time. And we need to develop both a language of lament and praise and it's okay for us to even just praise and thank God. But we can't get there until we have really gone through the process of lament. So can I tell you, church, that something happened in that process, in that space, and in that time between suffering and blessing. From plea and pain to praise something happens in the middle and the thing that happens in the middle is the answer of God 
towards your situation that brings resolution and brings true healing to your heart and to your life. And so today, can I tell you something, my brother, that even, or sister, if you're in the middle of your process of pain and suffering, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry out to God and bring your pain to him. Bring your broken heart before him. And it's okay to even stay there for as long as you need to stay there. But don't forget that we serve a God who in that process at some point is going to answer you. And you're going to get the answer in that moment in time whenever that comes that will bring healing to your heart from the pain and the suffering that you've been through and it will restore you. God will restore you again so that you can really praise the Lord. Not because somebody's telling you praise the Lord, but because it's really coming out of a heart that has been healed and restored completely and now can offer up unto God authentic praise of real hope that you know God will come through and he will do something for you and he will change the tables for you. Not because somebody's telling you to do it, but because God has answered you and brought you out of the process. We need to develop a language of lament. We need to learn to cry with those that cry. So I want to ask you to stand to your feet. Maybe we don't even know what to sing now. We don't even know, might know what to say to God now. But can I tell you that right now, what we can do is probably come to God and we can mourn. We can cry over and grieve over the injustice in our world. There's injustice in our world. We can cry and mourn over the violence around us. I told you last week, man, just turn on the news. Look at your news feed. There's tragedy all over. And when we as Christians look at those things, we watch the news or we read the articles on our news feed about all these tragedies and then we dismiss them and we say, they probably deserve that. Or we read them and we say, man, they asked for it. We're showing that we are a church that only has a language of praise. Or celebration of the past. We're showing that we're really disconnected from the suffering and the pain of this world. And because everything is good in our world, we've forgotten that that's not the case for everybody. And we walk around and we live as those that are privileged and well off. Well, there's a world out there that is dying and suffering and in need. But when I read the Beatitudes and I 
listen to this Sermon on the Mount by Jesus that says, Blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. It reminds me that we can't live in denial of the tragedy that exists in our world. We have to wake up, church. We have to wake up and realize that not all is good. Not all is okay. That's why I can't just come to church and act like everything is okay. I can't sing happy songs until I get to heaven. I have to learn to look at the reality and acknowledge the reality of the pain and suffering and sin in our world whether it's in my life or in the life of others and I have to learn to mourn over those things because our God mourns over them as well God is not up there laughing and celebrating as the world goes to hell it hurts to wake up and we need to develop a language of lament as we come together as a church we need to learn to confess confession is a part of lament it's a part of our lives you see we get saved and then we forget that we were ever sinners and we never pray the prayer the Lord's prayer the section that says forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors because we say hey God already forgave me why do I need to repent what am I confessing for if God already forgave me of my sins when I came to Jesus and got that in my heart? I'm okay. And we walk around like everything is okay. But listen, no, this is a constant thing that we should do. We should remember that we are sinners. We should remember that our sin grieves the Lord. We should remember that our sin and our mistakes and our errors bring consequences upon those that we love and on our lives as well. And we should cry over that. We should come to God and say, God, here I am in my mess and in my brokenness. I don't depend on my good works. I depend on what Jesus did on the cross for forgiveness. So that's why I can come to him boldly in my sin. Because I know that I have someone who can empathize with me in my struggle, in my pain his grace will be enough to cover you are you understanding what I'm talking about church this morning and I wish I could have finished this sermon on a happy note but the truth is that we need to end it on a mourning note we need to end it in confession and in repentance, and in humility, and in brokenness. Whether it's for our sins, or the tragedy that we see in our world, we need to come to God and say, God, help us. We need you today, more than yesterday. We need you. We need your grace. We 
we need your spirit. We need your strength. Heal. Restore. Renew. We need to come to him this morning and say, God, forgive us. We need to say, God, I'm sorry. We need to humble ourselves. We need to tell him, God, use us. You see, that, that's the kind of song that we need to sing sometimes. It's a song that just says, God, we need you. We need you. We need you. If that's all it says, it's, God, we need you. God, we're broken. God, we're broken. We need you. God, we have nothing to offer you. We need you. God, we can't hear your voice. God, we feel disconnected from you. God, we need you. Can you cry out to him this morning before we finish? Can you just offer them to him, not a praise, but a petition? Touch your soul, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do, but I just Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.